first scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, is that man there? Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. And I gave him the world. For us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we reflect on another big weekend of Scottish football Rangers put 8 past Hamilton to stay 9 points clear at the top Celtic got back to winning ways with an Ilyanusi inspired win at Motherwell And Aberdeen were among the other big winners As we head into one of the biggest international weeks in years I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me this evening is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Celtic put out a blaze at Motherwell Rangers torched the Ackies at Ibrooks. Now the league goes on the back burner where we see if Scotland can catch fire against Serbia on Thursday but not before we assess a couple of things should Devante Cole have been sent off for that foul on Jeremy Frimpong at Fir Park and it goes against the Aki's nine point gap over Celtic does that add up to Rangers being able to stop the 10 doing it by the numbers Alec yeah great weekend of football Hugh Aberdeen won over Hibs lift him up to third place and Johnson's 1-0 victory is a big three points for Callum Davidson's men Ross County draw with Livy Pick up a point apiece St Mirren also have to settle for a point Gordon Celtic respond well after a disappointment night in Europe And Rangers romp to an 8 well win And we also have that Scotland game on Thursday night Looking forward to it a lot of it 0141-951-1025 That is the number you need to get in touch with the guys Put your point across Let them know what is on your mind So many talking points from the weekend, particularly yesterday, a six-hour Sunday for us on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just the 13 goals, was it? Is my arithmetic uh, correct? There were a few, anyway. Um, oh. And lots to look back on. Celtic fans, what type of reaction was that yesterday? How much better are you feeling about things after the win at Fir Park? Or is there still a bit of work to be done? You tell us. Rangers fans, an 8 Nil win against Hamilton. Uh, give us all your thoughts on those games and more on 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. It is Monday evening though, it is five past six, and that means you two have to make the big calls to kick off the new week. What was your result of the weekend, Hugh? I am going for that Rangers 8, Hamilton Aggies nil, the biggest uh, Rangers win in 40 years. Even I was young 40 years ago. 
Yeah, you were middle-aged back then, I think. Uh, we'll go for Alex Ray. Yeah, he's actually stole my thunder, but I'll go for St Johnston just because okay. of the significance of three points for Callum Davis's men. Spread across Friday and Saturday and Sunday this weekend, what was your goal of the weekend? Well, I'm going for Mohamed El Yunusi, his third goal at Fir Park, simply because of two things. One, the execution of the header. From El Hamed's terrific cross to El Yunusi's terrific header, it was an L of a goal altogether. Uh, but also, it put out a wee fire for Celtic because when Callum Gallagher made it 2 1, Declan. Declan Gallagher, I'm talking about a music presenter here, <laughs> when Declan Gallagher made it 2 1 for a few minutes, the Celtic fans must have been thinking, oh no. But El Yunusi popped up with a very good goal. All right, goal of the weekend for you, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to go for Sam Cosgrove on Friday night, Gordon uh, They tried to play out for the back He had a long way to travel And he's actually nestled one without outside his right foot Into the top corner And uh, I thought it was a fine finish A wise choice, I liked that one myself I must admit, right, Howler of the weekend Who's getting it in the neck? Is it the refs, the goalies, the strikers, the managers? Who's the, the Howler of the weekend? For me, it's Andrew Dallas The foul Devante Cole on Jeremy Frimprong Is all day long a red card And referees have got to protect players I know he saw it And I know he gave a yellow card But surely You have to protect the players better than that I'm going to go for Hibs uh, Trying to play out the back uh, Resulting in two goals Gordon They get away with one later on in the game When uh, Marciano tried to play out as well So Trying to play out in the wrong areas Not advisable Alright 0141-951-1025 Or at Clyde SSB That's how you can get in touch tonight Two big games yesterday So that's where we will start Celtic fans How pleased were you To get back to winning ways How much better Are you feeling now After after the game at Fir Park Are you convinced That things are heading In the right direction Or do you still have Lingering doubts um, After some tough results Rangers fans 8-0 I think that pretty much Speaks for itself um, but various things I'm sure jumped out at you The goal scoring The clean sheet again James Tavernier's performances Whatever it may be Get in touch and let the guys know what you think Let's get stuck right in shall we Let's kick off by hearing from Some of the managers We'll start with the first game from yesterday In terms of the managers Neil Lennon says he's seen good signs From his Celtic team After having What he calls a few choice words with them After the Sparta Prague defeat He was happy with the reaction against Motherwell But says it needs to be followed up With consistency you always need a result at a club like this and got the result and performance that I was looking for. Like we let ourselves down on Thursday, there's no question of that. So they've shown today what they're capable of doing. And we just need that consistency of individual performance and, and team performance. It was so much better today. And you can talk about levels. You know, we've got a bit of work to do in Europe. It may be too far from us now, but um, we'll not give up trying. But we have to be more consistent now. You know, and that's a good barometer for us. Well, we had a few choice words on Thursday, not going crazy, and we analysed what we did wrong uh, yesterday, and the response was great, you know, body language, quality of play, work rate was all there, a lot to be positive about, you know, we didn't panic, and we don't get too low when we don't get too high, so we've got a lot of work to do, got a long way to go in the season, but, um, you know, to come away and score four, it's, um, you know, it's good signs. Lines are open, let's hear from you 0141-951-1025 Michael's a Celtic fan Kicking us off tonight from Liverpool How's it going Michael? Uh, not too bad guys Good evening you and good evening Alex Hello um, What I want to say is that um, I think the league's gone Because the reason being No matter if Celtic win other games I just think Rangers are on fire 
they've got they've got nobody scoring against them. They're doing magic in Europe. Uh, even if Celtic do win their games in hand, I just don't see many teams in that Scottish Premiership taking any points off Rangers. And to be honest with you, 13 goals ahead and still nine points clear. I mean, yesterday, okay, one four one. I thought, I okay, that's okay. But I knew Rangers were going to slaughter Hamilton Aki's. No disrespect to Hamilton Aki's, but I knew Rangers were going to beat them. No problem at all. Um, so good luck to them with that one. And um, I just think 13 goals, as I say, and I just think we're, we're, we're no. I think Rangers are going to stop 10 in a row. And oh. I'm just being realistic here. Yep. I know people are going to say, oh, he's, 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 he's been too pessimistic. I'm no. I'm being realistic here. I see Rangers. I watch them on Rangers. I'm a Celtic fan. And I still watch Rangers, and I see how organised they are. They've all got good, great, good players all over the park. Um, and I just think, for me, even if Celtic win it, win it, Hibs in the next in the twenty first November, whenever it is, uh, I still think no matter if Celtic, Celtic keep winning, I just think Rangers will still have those. Because it's either going to go into goal difference, but I think it'll be. Well, to be I fair, mean, Mike, Michael, you're overlooking the fact that the teams still have to play each other three more times. Yeah. I know, but to me, to me, right, guys, I just think Celtic were rubbish in the first game, and I think I still, I'm still no, I'm still no confident. Do well, you know what I mean? You, you'll you understand, Michael, that uh, arithmetically there are so many games left that it would be foolish. To say the league is over and done with I am not denying you the right to hold your opinion That is your opinion You have stated it forcibly But arithmetically It is not possible to write off Celtic uh, As Gordon Duncan said They still have three games to play against Rangers And for all the sound and the fury That has surrounded Celtic at various stages this season When they lost to Rangers the awful performance and result against Sparta Prague for all of that if they win their two games in hand there's only three points in it so arithmetically it would be naive and foolish of any of us to say yes we agree with you Michael it's far too early for me Gordon I think what is it, 24 games 26 games to go uh, depending who which team it is they still have to play each other numerous times as well there will be ups and downs along the way you still got to come back from a few European games. We have this COVID issue hanging over everyone at the moment. So there's so many factors and to suggest it's finished at the moment. I don't think you'll, uh, you'll hear anything like that coming out of Rangers or Celtic. I mean, Michael, surely it, when you just do the the numbers as Hugh Keevans puts it, if Celtic win their games in hand, it goes to three points. Three points. That is, that is one game. It's, it's one game swing. The teams have to play each other three times. You never know. Rangers might have their dip that they haven't had yet Celtic are now getting more players back fit surely you're not chucking in the towel on the 9th of November with what could be a potentially three point gap that's tiny I think a lot of, the, a lot of Celtic players are getting injured as well I still think Celtic are very very thingy in defence very fragile in defence and Edward for me I'm not being disrespectful to him either but he's a very very lazy player and I just Sounds think disrespectful. he isn't worth 30 million quid. Morelos is a much better player than him. Mm. Well, I think the scattergun is well and truly loaded now. Uh, but we have to go back to it. Uh, 
Injuries, yes, are always a problem Not just for Celtic, but for everyone And injuries have been costly for Celtic uh, Julien long term, James Forrest long term Frimpong now having to go for a scan To see if he's got uh, ligament damage Yeah, of course it's been a problem for Celtic As has bad form, Duffy Edward uh, has not been anything like the player he once was However, Michael, I have to go back to the arithmetical argument that Celtic still have to play Rangers three times. They still have 25, 26 league games to play. Therefore, many things could happen between now and then. Uh, Rangers, I do concede, and I've said it here before, and I've written it, and I believe it to be the case, Rangers at the moment have a better team than Celtic and they have terrific strength and depth yep. and they have utter reliability in defence which Celtic do not have. The one, the one, sorry Gordon, the one thing that Rangers and Celtic have in abundance is personnel. You know, they have so much cover, uh, quality, internationals and they, they can afford to, to lose players more than any other teams in the league. So, you know, we can't even believe about actually Rangers and Celtic losing players because of the quality they have. Good response though From Celtic of course There Without were moments doubt. within the game Neil yeah. Lennon acknowledges it But everyone had it all set up as Can't afford to drop points And all Absolutely. the rest of it And when the final whistle goes It's, it's a 4-1 scoreline Without doubt And it's a good response On the back of it I think when Neil You just listened to his comments there About uh, harsh words I, I said this uh, At the weekend Saturday I expected him to sit oh. down as well Try and get off Having been in this uh, Situation over the course of my career Hugh when you're having a wee bit of a nightmare in terms of results, it's important to get it out over the yeah. table. You know, some of the players giving their viewpoints, the staff giving their viewpoints, mm-hmm. clear the air and then try and get a good result like but they did the yesterday. the problem Celtic have is that they will go to Hibs at Easter Road uh, when the international break is over and they will go there under precisely the same circumstances that they went to Motherwell yesterday with people saying... A draw is a calamity A defeat is a catastrophe That's you that says that No, 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 no Plenty of people <laughs> That's that, your phrase uh, Yeah, I, I gave that to the people <laughs> You're all hot <laughs> But but they will go to Easter Road Under the exact same circumstances As yesterday's game at Motherwell Where they cannot There is no margin for error He's modest If nothing else I let's think Hibs have had a wee bit of a stutter In the last few games as well One win in the last yeah. four uh, Let's bring in Ali Who's a Rangers fan from Coat Bridge What did you make of that yesterday Ali I'm sure you were confident going into it Don't tell me you predicted an 8-0 though No what it was Is yesterday's We're all talking about the high scores mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember one I was sitting in the stand And I, I said it was in the 70s But at the end of yesterday's programme in the t- On the the goals it said it was a December 67 well what it was it was I was in the main stand and it was Rayfro was 5-1 in each half so there was a 10-2 and I'm sure the date was December 67 so you're talking about 53 years yeah listen we don't see many 8-0s Ali what did you make of it oh was it just outstanding you were were expecting that you were expecting 8 well, I wouldn't say eight. I thought we were around about six. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Uh, I thought Rangers would rack up a few. Hugh, and when uh, the second one went in, uh, I think whatever it was, the timing of it wasn't. I, I looked to the boys uh, who I was with, and I said, "This could be quite easily be eight because the way they were playing. The only, the only thing was when you go back to uh, Hamilton, two 0 up after sixteen minutes. We left the studio. Hugh uh-huh. at half time thought that would be a lot more by the full time. The thing yesterday was they were ruthless. They went yeah. for the throat, and uh, there's a real hunger and desire amongst this squad. 
Yeah, it was a very impressive performance, a really strong win, uh, another clean sheet. And um, the thing that pleased me the most was the, the standards we maintained from start to finish. You know, I've been onto these players and probably onto them too much about keeping the standards always, no matter what stage the game's at. And uh, it pleased me at half time that we, we carried on looking to score goals and, and trying to win even more emphatically. It has been coming, we have threatened to do that, but the pleasing thing today was we were very clinical. We suffocated Hamilton from start to finish. We stayed on them. We never let them. We never took took our foot off the gas. You can see the quality throughout the squad. I made five changes today and brought five subs on. It didn't affect our level of performance. That's the most pleasing thing for me. Well, look, we're not at a stage yet where we can play with ego at any in any game or at any stage. We we're trying to become a winning team and a successful team. So uh, we're in no position to um, disrespect any opponent or any team. Um, it's about Rangers trying to be strong for as long and as we can and, and consistent as we can Ali did you feel that Rangers were due one of them having had some comfortable-ish home games but not really putting the foot to the floor and, and you know beating teams convincingly on the, on the scoreboard was that something you thought was coming? It had to come sometime and I don't think it's the end yet I think Stephen Gerrard's description very graphic but accurate they suffocated Hamilton never gave them a moment four goals in each half at half time yesterday on the programme I said to you Gordon You know what happens Subconsciously yep. players take their foot off the gas However uh, Stephen Gerrard made personnel changes To maintain everyone's interest in the outcome of the match And uh, to use his word They suffocated the Yankees. It takes nothing away from Rangers performance though To say that Hamilton Yankees were abject Yeah for me they just absolutely overwhelmed them Gordon And uh I think that's a, a pleasing thing I think when Steven Gerrard Talks about standards He's constantly trying to Raise the bar all the time And uh, I think the same token I think one of the words He yes, used yesterday was We didn't uh, We didn't disrespect The opposition You know because for me They could easily have Started showboating When they started bringing on Different personnel It was important that they Come in there I think one of the things For Rangers as well recently Is the number of changes On a weekly basis Gordon It's five Half the team More or less For the last four or five games and that shows a real sign of consistency Because of the level of players that you're bringing in Thank you very much Ali In Cope Bridge 0141 Neil Lennon has got a lot of praise For Mohamed El Yunusi You can hear that next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans is here Alex Ray is alongside him They're both waiting for you To get in touch So give us a shout On the phones Or on Twitter Let's hear more from Neil Lennon He's full of praise For Mohamed El Yunusi For responding to criticism After phone gate uh, Scoring a hat-trick At Fir Park yesterday Neil Lennon explained Some of his other Selection uh, issues Shane Duffy was in the bench Because he needed a rest He says He admits Odson Edwards not been the same Since his coronavirus issues and You're all Analysing everything That we're doing at the minute Elianusi On his phone And the body language And this that and the other I mean I got what I wanted today He scored a hat-trick today I haven't got Sort of Criticised Unreasonably For Looking at his, a result On his phone The other night And I think that's unfair But he's responded In the right way He's got 10 goals For us this season you know, we asked him at half time to go and get the hat trick that he didn't get in Lille. You know, it was a brilliant third goal. So, our reaction to conceding the goal was was excellent. And um, I thought we should have won the game by more. If Christie scores just before half time, you're talking about goal of the season. You know, Roger did magnificently for it. So, there's a lot of things to be happy about. How difficult was it for you to take Shane Duffy out of it? Well, he needed a rest. You know, he's played a lot of games. Unfortunately, you know, we lost Chris again with the, the groin problem. And Shane came on and 
you know, do the fine job for us. So um, it's just a little bit of rotation. You could say the same about leaving Edward out, you know, but um, we felt it was the right thing to do. He's just not himself since the COVID thing. So comes on, sets up a goal, does what he does well, and it's been a good day for us. But um, like I said, we've got still some work to do. Eddie and Kerluk, I take it Il Yunusi was the main man for you yesterday? Hi guys, uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. He was fantastic. He showed a lot of character to be able to come back from the criticism he was getting. And to be honest, it was warranted. He shouldn't have had his phone on him. Mm-hmm. But to come back in that manner and put away a hat trick, the goals were fantastic. I know Q mentioned it earlier on the, the header. I didn't even think he could jump that high. <laughs> um, so the way he put that in the back of the net, I was, I was really, really pleased for him. Do you think it was good management? Eddie from, from New Lennon Dealing with it In the way he did Because just amidst Everything that's been Going on at Celtic He, he maybe could have Jumped on it he, he could have made A big deal of it He could have left him out To try and You know Stamp his authority And send out some sort of Message about the way Things are But, but then you would, you're Taking a guy out of the team That, that would have scored A hat-trick Absolutely I mean It would have been Really easy for him To do that And he could have Pandered to the pressure That he was getting for the fans and for kind of some parts of the media to take him out of the, the firing line, but he, you know he stuck with him and he's been vindicated with the fact that uh, he's got a hat trick. Yeah, I mean Hugh, you you gave the, the ultimate accolade. You gave Il Yunusi your goal of the week for that header. Yeah, it, it was important and it, it was well executed as well. When you have a result as appalling as the result against Sparta Prague, people look for scapegoats. When there was a close-up shot on television of Mohamed El Yunusi with his phone, then he became the scapegoat. Uh, now Neil Lennon has handled it perfectly. He hasn't overreacted. He's spoken to El Yunusi about what went on. Uh, he did react to Shane Duffy. He took him out the firing line. He did react to Edward. He left him on the bench. Now these are big calls for Neil Lennon to make, but he did not overreact in the case of El Yunusi. And he got his reward for proper man management of El Yunusi at Motherwell yesterday. Alex, he's got seven goals in his last six games yep. across this entire season. Whilst I'm, I'm sure he would even admit we've maybe not seen the absolute best of him consistently, he's still scoring at a rate of one and two for a guy that's yeah. not even you know, a recognised striker. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, uh, what he does do, Gordon, he uh, naturally drives in the pitch. Uh, and I always feel as if he can get goals anyway. And you're absolutely right in terms of your stats there. Uh, four goals in the five games previous before yesterday So it was a player that was in form And uh, it was most certainly the correct decision uh, You know For me he should never have had his phone either You know so you can't overlook what happened last Thursday But the actual the actual performance yesterday was absolutely tremendous And you're looking for that type of response On the back of the disappointment uh, uh, last week against Sparta But I think he's one of the, the, the form players at the moment Gordon when you just mentioned there Seven goals in the last six games It's it's good play Eddie what about the overall picture then With you know Where Celtic are at And, and where Neil Lennon's at So many fans get in touch With this show uh, With criticism recently What's your own take on it? Do you know I'm, I'm Really annoyed uh, an, an element uh, My fellow Celtic fans Who I'll, I'll Refer to them as the Self-entitled bunch um, They need to have a wee bit of reality check You know We've been used to all this success Over the past decade um, everything's went well for us We've seen some fantastic times And Neil Lennon has contributed Significantly to that um, With Added into that with all the kind of personal stuff That he's had to deal with He still showed a bit of uh, Kind of mental strength to come back And 
help us to try and see out 10 in a row. I don't think these uh, Celtic fans have counted on the fact that we, we now have a really strong Rangers team. Something that we've not had for quite a few years now. And we've got a proper title challenge on our hands now. And I think that is why we're getting this kind of overreaction for, for this uh, element of the Celtic fans. They need to kind of take a, take a bit of a chill pill and um, just think of the fact that it's, it's a bit short-sighted to think that taking Neil Lennon out of the equation is going to bring 10 in a row. I actually think that would have the... He's not exempt for criticism and I'm certainly not a, a Celtic fan who is wearing these green-tinted glasses as I've been told that I've, I've been wearing. He's certainly not exempt for the criticism but I reckon we'd be in a, a much worse position if we didn't have that man at the helm. You will know, Eddie, because you'll have met them. You've been at the game beside them. There are some Celtic supporters for whom the failure to get 10 in a row will be the equivalent to the end of the world. That is just the way it is for them. Not for me to tell them how to live their lives, but for that element of the support, not getting 10 in a row, not getting the bragging rights over their uh, Ranger supporter pals will be the equivalent to the end of the world. Now, you'll just have to deal with it in your own way, Eddie. Um, first caller, Michael, has already conceded the title. I am assuming you do not concede the title. And I go back to the point, arithmetically, Celtic have 26 games to play. And three of those are against Rangers. And therefore, arithmetically, for all that's going on around Celtic at the moment, you couldn't say... They will not get 10 in a row Why in your mind Will it be alright come May then Eddie As, as a As a response to those fans that, that you reference Who are perhaps doubting things at the moment Sell it to them Sell the sell the case to them As to why things will turn out okay For Celtic come the end of the season I think it's not a case of me Turning around and saying It, it, it will be alright Because I can't say that Because Like I've mentioned earlier it's, it's, We've got a, a Rangers team That are playing really well And don't look at the moment as if they're going to drop many points I think they will I think they will drop points along the way I feel that you know and I'm not taking anything away from how well they've been doing but I think the, the, the cards have fallen well and truly in their favour in comparison to what's, what's been going on with us like I said I'm not taking anything away but all, all I'm saying is we are in a position now where we've got a, in my mind the best man for the job we've got a team that we need to, we need to see see it out now with this team and if we get rid of Lennon the now what are we going to do? Everybody's saying bring Eddie Eddie Ho in for, for Bournemouth. What's he going to do? He can't even bring any players in till January. And even if he does bring players in in January, what, what guarantee is that going to be a success? The best thing we can do is get behind Neil and the team. Uh, I still I'm still relatively confident. Like I said, I can't guarantee it, but I still think that come May we will have won the league. Um, <laughs> That's, that's the only thing I can yeah. say We uh, might we might uh, not win 10 in a row But you've just got to be realistic It's it's more to do with How uh, the, the improvements Rangers have made Rather than any yeah. uh, deterioration That Neil Lennon has caused In the eyes of these Celtic fans I think you make the most pertinent point of all That the Celtic support Have to acknowledge how good Rangers are now uh, They have mocked Rangers For so long They can't get out of the habit And they are not taking account of the fact that this is a, a Rangers team with tremendous strength and depth tremendous reliability at the back uh, plenty of goal scorers threaded throughout the team 
And they have a nine point gap And it's up to Celtic to do something about it But first of all For the first time in a decade Celtic supporters have to acknowledge This is a proper Rangers team they're up against yeah, Eddie, I was just listening to some some of the stuff you were saying there in terms. Of, I don't think you can debate what, what Neil's brought to the table uh, with, with trophies in recent. The opening, I don't know, 12, 14 games of the season, you know, it was really good form as well in terms of getting results. Some of the performances were not great. But in terms of deterioration, if you look at the last six or seven games, the amount of goals, I would, I would contest there's most certainly been a deterioration at the back because they're conceding goals for fun at the moment. Thank you very much to Eddie in Curlook. Let's hear again from Stephen Gerrard. He says they've got options to deal with whatever teams play against them this season. He also says he took Ryan Jack off at half time and left Davis out to help their preparations for big international games coming up. Teams are setting us challenges and setting us different challenges. Uh, some are coming into a low block and narrow, so we know that they're going to give the sides up, so we have to utilise the sides. Some teams are coming to press us a bit. Hamilton sent two up to, to get after us today, so we knew there was going to be space over, so we utilised going over. But we have to have variety in our game, because especially at Ibrox, people are going to set us different challenges, and we need to find the answers. In the past, we haven't had the answers or the personnel to solve the problems. We've got better options and better tools in our armory now to find the answers. Just to respect the lads that have got big international games. The game was done at half time with all due respect. You know, I wanted to respect Jacko and obviously the Scotland situation. That was the reason why I left Davo out. He's fully fit. He could have been involved. But you know, they've got two huge cup finals. I have to respect that and um, I'm in a position now where I've got strong players in and around the squad that I can use and that's what we did today. Nathan's a Rangers fan from Motherwell. What did you make of it yesterday, Nathan? Well personally I I think it looked like a game of FIFA. <laughs> like it, it just looked like Stephen Gerrard had a PlayStation controller and was controlling other players. There wasn't one mistake. And when they picked up the ball, they just went on the attack. They had the urgency to attack. If this was last season, I, I don't think we would have had this kind of performance because last season we were poor. We couldn't keep it up. But this this time, I I got like a fortress now. It's back to the way it used to be. Stephen Gerrard has brought the hope back to the Rangers fans. He's he's just such a good manager. He's just brought everything back. Just as an as an outside observer, Alex, I just thought yeah. I just liked that clip of Stephen Gerrard, but it was it was just a bit more open. It was a bit more um, in depth about w- w- tactically how Rangers are, are going about things because it's not like they've just got a game plan. They've got better players than everyone else, and they, they just can hope that it works out. He's acknowledging that even although no one's going to give Hamilton a chance or Ross County or yeah. Livy when they go there, they're all trying to do different things, and then Rangers have to respond differently to to counteract that. Yeah, yeah, you have to come up with solutions, Gordon. And uh, one of the key things that I've seen this year is the runners going behind the rotation between the players. And, and yesterday's game it allowed Arfield and Arebo to also join in, and there was only one sitter, which was Ryan Jack, and. Uh, they got overwhelmed. The the movement was killing them. Uh, you know, it was like wave after wave. And um, but it's like Stephen Gerrard says because that is a they, there was times last year and the previous year where they didn't get solutions, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have to find that if they're going to have this consistency. But there's a a control about Rangers at the moment. You know, they they look to be very much and and actually believe that there's players there performing now at the highest level since he came to Rangers. You look at Tavernier, Golson, really key players. You can only pick Sorry Hugh I was just going to ask Nathan Because Alex mentioned A couple of names You can only pick one Nathan Who's the Rangers Standout player Been so far this season Ryan Kent it's, He's The heart of the Rangers team this season Everything That Rangers have done good Is more Unlikely Went through Ryan Kent Most of the goals Ryan Kent's made Either a superb pass Or he's scored the goals How many assists Has he's got 
four or five And he's got what Six goals Seven There are no wrong answers To this Alex I must admit I feel like Ryan Kent was the answer I would have expected Two months ago I, just, yeah. I, I maybe thought no, it would have been I have to be honest with I, I think I think Kent at the start of the season was the standout player. You know, when you look at the early exchanges, he won the player of the month. I think it was for August. You, mm. uh, I think he's come off the boil in terms of his numbers. But actually, I actually look um, what Kent does off the ball, which he wasn't doing last year. Who he tracks yeah. back, he does a lot of the the nitty gritty mm. stuff. But what, well, the one player for me, if you want to put statistics on the table. Tavernier, 12 goals and I think it's 9 assists in all competitions Which is phenomenal for a right back Yeah, even Mark Wilson said yesterday that at this stage He would say Tavernier is the Standout Potential player of the season We still have two thirds of the season to go But for me, Tavernier is also the standout And the difference in Tavernier And others who've been there for all of Stephen Gerrard's time as manager In Stephen Gerrard's first two seasons as Rangers manager there was the good bit And then there was the collapse This season And this is the one thing that The Celtic supporters are going to have to acknowledge This season there is the good bit And the threat of the good bit getting better With no collapse Top man Nathan good to hear from you This is an ideal time to call by the way Because we're going to get some travel with Stephen And that means you could be up next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Monday night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Looking back on all the weekend's biggest talking points With Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray We're here until 8 o'clock So there's plenty of time to get your calls in And let the guys know what is on your mind You can phone us Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB Let's bring in Jerry, Who's a Celtic fan in Bothwell How's it going Jerry? Not bad Gordon, how are you? Yeah, can't complain Jerry. Good evening Hugh, good evening Alex Hi Jerry. It's just about, um, I've been on before things like that But Scott Brown, I think he's looking a wee bit tired He's not the player he used to be But he's still, we still need him We have to have him But we have to pick and choose the matches that he plays in Don't give him a full match What do you guys think? Because I've seen him the past couple of games Giving stupid balls away what did you make of him yesterday in particular, Jerry? Because I'm assuming that is forming part of your, your argument. Two or three times he let us down. But as I say, we can't do without him. He's an inspiration. He's in there. Mm-hmm. And if Scott Brown doesn't play well, Celtic don't play well. That is the dilemma that faces Neil Lennon, Jerry. Because you're absolutely correct that Celtic needs Scott Brown. You are equally correct by saying he needs a rest. Jim Duffy on our programme yesterday Who was at Fir Park Said as much And there's a former experienced defender A a current manager uh, And a man of lengthy experience in Scottish football And he's looking at Scott Brown through professional eyes And saying it's time to take him out for a while However, the problem that Celtic have And I always go back to it Celtic lack leaders within the team Brown is the only True leader of men at the club for me, Jerry. It looked like a real mixed bag actually yesterday for, for Scott Brown, Alex, because yeah. lots of people uh, like Jerry and, and Jim Duffy and maybe Hugh weren't overly impressed. But loads of people were tweeting in the show yesterday saying, I thought Scott Brown had a great game. I thought it was a captain's performance, it was a leader's performance. Uh, having watched it back again, because sometimes you get a bit distracted, it, it seemed like he actually won the ball back for Celtic so many times. Yeah. On the flip side, he, he, he gave away quite a few times. Yeah. So if you sort of separate it into what he did 
well, Off the ball versus on the ball That's maybe where you're uh, That's where the difference polarized. is Polarised yep. Yeah absolutely uh, Uncharacteristically uh, uncharacteristic, He's given away balls Needlessly Gordon uh, But the one thing about Scott Brown is The impact he has about the players around about him And I think that's one of the key things That Hugh keeps mentioning And Neil Lennon Because he, he plays him I think he's, t- he's all in all On, on the bench and, and, and starting 20 games this year the one thing that Jerry's kind of suggesting there is kind of picking and choosing the games, and I understand that because Jan Vouter said that to me, but this is all in my experience. I can't talk for Scott Brown. Is when I wasn't playing and I was sitting on on the dugout, my mind wasn't quite at it. When it, when it mattered, when I had to step up again, my legs weren't quite getting to the end of the road as well. So if you're not mentally sharp, it impacts you physically as well. So I think there's a little bit of combination of that because of the the early finish last year. Uh, it was in March. He said a few months out, everybody was locked down. And I think partly because of his age as well, that's kind of having an impact. Uh, so, But Jerry's uh, uh, alluding that he should play him sparingly. But again, who do you put in? Because I, whoever he put in, they'll not have the same impact as the people round about them unless they're performing really well uh, with their performances. Yeah, what's the solution then, Jerry? Well, Callum McGregor doesn't, Callum McGregor's a great player, but it doesn't seem to have the leadership that Scott Brown has. Um, I really don't know it's, it's, a, it's a funny one I feel for Callum McGregor Because if ever I saw a player Who was overplayed It's Callum McGregor And yet Steve Clark will be looking to him In uh, Belgrade on Thursday night He's had so much football Over the last two or three seasons It's incredible uh, And he's a human being He's not a robot And it shows sometimes By the same token Jerry. Scott Brown's a 35-year-old man now. I don't mean to say that that's you. You're clinically dead when you turn 35. But he's had a, an immense career. And of course he needs to be used sparingly. But Neil Lennon's dilemma is he can't really do it. I, think again, Alec, Gordon, I, actually, I actually think McGregor shows leadership qualities in a totally different way from uh, Scott Brown. Scott Brown gets in people's faces. He's different. Scott... McGregor does it in a different way He slows the game down He speeds it up He scores real important goals And his impact over the last couple of years For me Has been equally what Scott Brown's bringing to the table Because he he, he has carried the team at times as well uh, Jerry, what about the, the big picture? That's what we keep saying to people You talk about the game yesterday But that just forms one small part of A big jigsaw for Celtic at the moment How satisfied or otherwise are you With where the team's at? Uh, um a long way to go but I think Celtic will come back to tell you the truth and I was going to say something there when my wife first seen Scott Brown with the, the shaving head etc she says he looks like a thug I says but he's our thug <laughs> well yeah I tend to <laughs> there's side there's nothing the matter with that Jerry I made a living out of it I tend to side with your wife I think that these haircuts make them look like dangerous criminals But anyway uh, <laughs> As he looks at Alex Ray in the corner <laughs> uh, I, I think You know Jerry's entitled to his point of view That um, He thinks Celtic will come back Point number one They'll need to get the defence sorted out Because the fragility is still there The basic errors are still there The same personnel is still there The goalkeeper uh, Barkas has become a problem He's on the bench And the third choice goalkeeper Is now the first choice goalkeeper Uh Shane Duffy clearly became a problem because Neil Lennon took him out of the firing line. Uh, so what happens now? But Jerry is saying he thinks Celtic will come good and of course that's his opinion. He's entitled to it. What the Celtic fans have got to stop saying is Rangers will go bad because until you have evidence of it, 
You're going to have to rely on form being your only indicator. Jerry, top man, good to speak to you. Let's bring in Kenny and Guruk and see what he's got for us. Hi, Kenny. Hello, lads. How are you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, good, Kenny. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um. Right. Watched the game yesterday. Um. As I do, like all the time now, because we can't go to the games. Um. But the big difference. I mean, I heard Jerry there. Two things. The very first caller. I think his name was Michael. I don't believe he was a field supporter. I can't believe the field supporter coming on. Well, uh, listen. I'll have to I'll have to give you a little professional insight, Kenny. Because for many years I did the Daily Records hotline and Michael from Liverpool, I could tell you his surname, but I will not tell you his surname. That's his private business. Got his address. Michael yeah, got a lot. Got a lot. Ibrox. Michael was a regular caller to the Daily Records hotline and believe me, he's a Celtic fan. Anyway, I, I don't think we've got too much time to waste on, on whether he is or not, no Kenny. No problem. Surprised at that, to be honest with you. Um, Jerry there, the other boy that was on, I think the big difference that he's missing this year is Rangers are an entirely different team. Um, last year, don't get me wrong, I get carried away. Coming up to Christmas time, you know, when the, the New Year came, when we won the, the game, and then we went into the, the winter break. Thank God there's no winter break this year, hopefully. Um and we were in fire and we were playing great and I thought we're going to do it but we come back we were abysmal but the work rate this year the way we play the ball the, the pass of the ball the the possession everybody from the back outwards it's, it's an entirely different game you watch it you know I mean we made five changes yesterday at starting lineup from what was played in Europe and then we changed that again at half time everybody seemed so seamless even the boy come on I can't remember his name the new boy yeah, he came on seven seconds he was hitting 30 and 40 yard passes you know as if he'd been there all his days it's, I don't know what's happening at the moment I'm, I'm beginning now to get a wee bit carried away <laughs> you've not learned your lesson Kenny it's not a question of uh, it's not a question of what's happening Kenny it's a question of who's there now the strength and depth is Tremendous where Rangers are concerned And when you hear Stephen Gerrard say He didn't bring on Stephen Davis Because he's got Northern Ireland to think of And he took off Ryan Jack at half time Because he's got Scotland to think of A manager can only say that If he knows that he has players Who are the equal of these two uh, On the pitch anyway So that's the big difference Celtic have got a, Rangers rather Have got a strength and depth That they haven't had in Stephen Gerrard's time at Ibrox Just one of these football generalisations Alex Usually when you hear of a team Any team in any country Any level who makes four changes Then five Then four Then three Then five Then four Every single game You tend to think oh, that's, that's just not going to work But Absolutely. The, the, the Rangers team comes in Every week at the moment Numerous changes And you shrug your shoulders Because it, it, it just doesn't really Seem to have any impact Yeah and I think that's credit To the players Gordon Because it's seamless They are coming in And uh, I think the last caller Kenny was talking about The boy Zungu You know I think 4-0 up You can't come on In a better opportunity Knowing the timing of it A lot of the ball And he was He was spraying it all about So I got a little flavour For him as well Good range of passing Gordon And uh but I think from a Rangers perspective as then Stephen Gerrard is it's keeping everybody on their toes it's keeping everybody involved as well Gordon because normally we've seen teams win the league with a very small number of players playing maybe 17 or 18 but what's happening is now he's rotating all his players he's giving everybody match time everybody's buying in what he's trying to do and there seems to be a good feeling at the moment Final word to you Kenny uh, Just one thing before I went I'll go um, the European game uh, midweek against Benfica mm-hmm. Second goal by Rangers 
was world class. And I don't say that lightly, but see if that had been Barcelona that played that with Ryan Jack getting the ball in his aim box, chipping it, you know, a wee side foot, a wee chip on a one, two, Morales is maybe fifty yards cross field pass, right on to Kamara. Uh, Kamara and then Kamara burying it. That was total football. That was superb. Am I right in saying, Alec, I think it actually started on Rangers' goal line Not even do, just yeah. in the box It ended up right on the line at one yeah, point Yeah, it did do And I think it found its way to Tavernier They worked their way up the line A couple of one-twos Morelos across and, uh, But again, it's. I think that was a source of the, the disappointment for Steven Gerrard That they never managed the, the game out uh, uh, This is the one thing about this This is a work in progress Over the last couple of years I've had a few ups, a few downs And it's in, uh, the important thing is to learn That you can actually go over the line That's the most important thing for Rangers Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. Thanks, Kenny. We'll catch up with you soon. It's your chance now, though, to step up to the plate and play Beat the Pundit. If you think you've got the knowledge, you want to take on Hugh Evans or Alex Ray, now is your chance. So 141 951 1025. Answer as many questions as you can. You're against the clock and against the pundit, and there is a signed ball up for grabs. Call us before 7 o'clock Well that's when the lines close 0141 951 1025 Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans is in the building Alex Ray is alongside him They've not fallen out Despite uh, Hugh Evans saying that he's got the haircut of a criminal Earlier <laughs> on in the show Dangerous <laughs> criminal They've had a socially distanced kiss and made up since then uh, 0141 951 1025 For you to get in touch with the guys and put your point to them We're here till 8 o'clock So there's still plenty of time To do that We kicked off hearing from the likes of Neil Lennon And Stephen Gerrard Looking back on the games yesterday um, On the losing team At Fir Park yesterday But On a personal note A new contract For Motherwell's Tony Watt today We're going to be joined live on the show by him After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football it's Beat the Pundit time It's Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray Taking on Ross from Carntine How's it going Ross? Not too bad, not too bad Norman. How are you? Yeah, can't complain at all Ross, how many Beat the Pundits do you think you've listened to over the years? What on earth made you decide that tonight was the night to give it a go? Well, I'm at the East Road the night uh, Lockdown starting this So I thought, why not try and beat one of the one of the brains of football, you know. <laughs> he, almost, he almost sounded sincere there when he said it was going so well. He's um, had a couple of drinks today, I'm sure. Yeah. Not at all. I like that. Though. I think that's what happens. It just it just chips away at you. It's uh, Ross listens every night and thought I'm going to just give this a go, right? So we'll toss the coin and see who you're up against, Ross. See which of the uh, brains of Scottish football you're up against. Heads. It's Hugh Evans. Tails. It's Alex Ray. And it is. Tails It's the slightly younger Of the two brains It's Alex Ray uh, Up again Up against That'll do he says He fancies his chances Right I'll give you Some Clyde 2 To listen to Alex uh, Ross I know you've listened So you will Know the script But yep. I will um, I will just explain it anyway For anyone who's in avoidance of doubt uh, 30 seconds on the clock Answer as many questions Right as you can And if you don't know it You're free to pass And then we'll move on To the next one Okay Sure, no bother Top man, 30 seconds Your time starts now Olivier and Cham Signed for Celtic From which team? Uh, Man City Who scored Rangers Second goal yesterday? Ruth Which team beat Kilmarnock On Friday night? Dundee Where did Aidan McGeady Leave Celtic for? Southampton Who are currently top Of the English Premier League? 
Leicester How many championship titles Has Robbie Nielsen won as manager? Two Serbia's Alexander Mitrovic Plays for which English team? Fulham Okay, okay Decent effort Let's bring back Alex Ray Alex, can you hear us? Yes Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Olivier and Cham Signed for Celtic From which team? Man City Who scored Rangers second goal yesterday? Uh, Roof Which team beat Kilmarnock on Friday night? Uh, St Johnson Where did Aidan McGeady leave Celtic for? Russia <laughs> <laughs> Who are currently top of the English Premier League? English Premier League uh, Villa How many championship titles has Robbie Nielsen won as manager? Three Serbia's Alexander Mitrovic plays for which English team? Fulham Okay, okay Ooh, trigger our question in there The beauty of question four about Russia I mean, technically you're right but There's no chance you're getting that Somewhere not, in Russia Not in a million, you're right uh, What do you think, Ross? You've heard it so many times Now you took part for the first time How did it feel? I'm a bit shaken up, Gordon, you know um, <laughs> I think it's a close one Close to call uh, Let's find out um, I, hope no, I hope there are no other dog walkers round about uh, Ross, we wonder what else going on Right, Olivia and Cham Signed for Celtic from I said dog walkers, by the way I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm not making accusations <laughs> As to what Ross is up to On a Monday night Sunday night <laughs> <laughs> I saw the raging campaign Each to their own um, Man City You both got it right One each Who scored Rangers second Well done both of you Because it, it's quite easy To lose track When oh. there are eight of them um, It was Kamar Roof Two all Oof. Which team beat Kilmarnock on Friday night It's St Johnston Alex Ray moves in front uh, There's no chance I could give you this Aidan McGeady went to Spartak Moscow Right fair mm, enough Which is in Russia Obviously <laughs> um, Who are currently top Of the English Premier League Ross equalises It's Leicester well done to Ross How many championship titles Has Robbie Nielsen won as manager It's two Hearts and Dundee oh. United Ross gets oh. it As you can hear uh, Ross gets it And goes in front Serbia's Alexander Mitrovic Plays for Fulham You both got it He's won it And he's won it He's yeah, pitching Ross oh. <laughs> Ross where exactly Where exactly are you walking right now Is it, I take it it's quiet If you're allowed to shout and scream like that In the middle of the street There's a couple, there's a couple of people staring at me to be honest But I don't worry My granny used to stay in Cantine as well What a place Good. Well, You can swing oh. by and drop the ball off Ross brilliant yeah. Good well effort done, well done Cheers boys Good Cheers. There we go that, What was that One two three A four three I think Yep For Ross That was a good game Good game As they say Spent too much time on uh, McGeady's question. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Lots to get through still tonight. I'm sure we're here until eight o'clock. So get in touch uh, with us. Let you know. Let us know what you made of the weekend's talking points. Um, we are going to speak to Tony Watt. He has obviously come off the back of a disappointing defeat from his perspective against Celtic at Fir Park yesterday. And uh, today signed a new. I was going to say celebrated by by signing a new contract. I don't think that's quite the quite the right word. Uh, for some reason, I don't think the phone is connecting uh, at the moment. But we'll, we'll we'll do it in just a second. What else jumped out at you from the weekend, Hugh? Uh, well, Aberdeen had the good goals. Uh, Alec ha- highlighted Sam Cosgrove's goal. Uh, they rebounded from uh, going over from Celtic at Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi final. And it was a very good result for them. Uh, if I'm being perfectly truthful, what went on elsewhere wasn't of the, the highest calibre in terms of excitement. But uh, Aberdeen, good result. Uh, Celtic, as I said, put out a blaze at Motherwell because there was a blaze of controversy after the Sparta Prague game. They put out that blaze. They'll now need to go on firefighting when they go to Easter Road. 
And uh, Rangers You know Three goals lost all season They'll be looking forward To their next game as well Seeing if they can maintain This incredible form Yeah I'm just looking at Some of the, the fixtures as well Gordon I thought St Mirren You know A point's a point uh, You know Because it's important To try and get away For that bottom spot And uh, you know It's something to build on For Jim Goodwin uh, Right 01419511025 If you want to get through on the phones uh, Let's go to the lines Where I'm pleased to say We're joined on the line uh, By Motherwell striker Tony Watt Tony how's it going? I'm good Thanks for having me Pleasure uh, g- right. um, Good news for you today On the new contract how, how are you feeling? Pleased to get it over the line? Yeah the, the club looked after me I signed one in Summer Obviously when the Covid was going on And I was happy Just to accept something And get back playing And they said look We'll reward you again And and they did. They they took their word, and I I just tried to show a bit of loyalty by staying and shining and trying kick on for as long as I can and, and do as well as I can here because they've they've been good with me. Yeah, as a relatively young man, you've racked up a, a number of clubs and you've been about and you've not been scared to go and challenge yourself in different countries and so on. How settled are you feeling at Fir Park? Yeah, I'm really settled. I, I think if this had happened, maybe. Two or three years ago, it would have been the the perfect move for me. I think I just needed to kind of rest this lump, and and I've done that here. I think obviously St Johnson, we done well as a team. I think before I stopped playing, we were in the top six. We were doing well, and obviously I never signed a new contract, which I've done here, and I stopped playing, and I was settled there. But I'm a hundred times more settled here now, and I'm really enjoying every moment of it. How's the manager challenged you? How what, how big a parts he played in? In all this No he's been huge he, uh, He's the reason Mostly why I wanted to sign again this summer And, and he He just kind of gets the stick at my back And keeps pushing me forward And in the summer I, I got myself to a good level of fitness and, and he said no I want Absolutely more for you He said I don't want you to be blown up after 65-70 minutes And doing your thing I want 20 what 90 minutes fit And he showed clips after last week's game and I was running still in the 93rd minute and and he just he, I think he's kind of happy that I've, I've came on and I've listened and just pushed in the direction he wants me to go Is Virgin on becoming a bit of a Tony Watt cliche if such a thing exists about you know you needing somewhere to be settled and you needing someone to, to get the best out of you I'm sure you've heard it all a million times before yeah. is, there a, is there a genuine belief that that's what's going on though? No I think maybe in the past I've went somewhere for instance, last year in Bulgaria, it was it was good for a lot of reasons, and I, I'm, I still don't regret going. But in January, I made a I made a place to myself that I'd come back and do it for sporting reasons rather than money or whatever. And I'm still young enough that I can kick on sporting wise. It's not about money. It's not about anything other than being happy and playing. And I knew I'd get that at Motherwell if I worked hard. I believed in myself, and my ability, and and they've. I believe they've took me on our level. I've not felt this good on a football park for years and I probably thought to myself that I was fit enough, that I was sharp enough, but now being so fit, working so hard every day because we are pushed to our limits at Motherwell, you do feel like the old parts of your game start coming back. It's it's weird. Tony, uh, you were saying there that you feel settled now and, you know, what can we expect for you? You know, you, you're 100%, I agree with what you're actually saying, I agree with what your manager's saying. When I'm actually watching you playing, I see a sharpness, a, a power as well. You know, you, you, there were some elements yesterday, you're blown away. People, can you really kick on this season and really make big numbers, uh, goals now? 
I hope, I hope so. I've probably not felt it since I was at Charlton. We had a manager at Charlton that worked similar to our gaffer than now, and I could get by people. And probably the last couple of years, I was trying to, for instance, I was trying to maybe feel contact when I was running by somebody rather than actually bowl them away and, and get past them. And you, you don't believe, you don't realise to yourself until you're fit, until you're sharp, that that's not, you weren't true to yourself. It wasn't anything about not wanting to do it. It wasn't anything about not wanting to get fit. It's just I probably didn't believe I could get to a, a certain level. And like you said with the numbers, I, the belief they've got behind me, I'm hoping to hit double figures for a start and, and hopefully go and challenge in a top six spot. That's that's what the aim is. We've done well the last five or six weeks. And even yesterday in spells, we've done well against one of the best two teams in the league. Tony, as I understand that you were 12 clubs... How how would you describe your life in football? Uh, people like me are obliged professionally to sum up a career like yours. Uh, but how would you describe your career so far? Well, I'd say that, but like I say to people, they don't know the ins and outs. I could have sat at Celtic, been on the bench, took the money and... and and enjoyed it. I could have started standard leash for more money than I was on at Celtic and enjoyed it. And I just wasn't happy playing second fiddle. I, I wanted to be the number one. And then obviously, when you're at teams at Charlton and stuff who are financially not stable at the time, you move on and it adds up your club and your club. But the last two or three years, I should have arrested and I should have stayed in Scotland and I should have just went. But I think it's easy for people from outside to say, or oh, 12 clubs, Tony Watts got a bad attitude. But if you actually went and spoke to a lot of the people I've worked with or under, they wouldn't say that. It's just such an easy narrative to use. And it's it's just, people don't realise that you're just trying your best to do what you, you can. You're trying to do your best to make a good life for your family, be happy at the same time. And people say that. And I actually kind of, I actually feel, I, I laugh off when people say it because it's just lazy. It's just, people that don't know you but a lot of the time it's people who have failed themselves in football or maybe not done a great job at themselves so I'm happy I'm at a place where I'm I'm happy and see if I've had 100 clubs or 5 clubs it doesn't matter because I, I believe I've achieved a lot in football and I believe there's still a lot more to achieve Tony, see what, see what you're actually saying there in terms of what other people think. That's not really that important to you. See what I'm just listening to you here. I've only been on for a few minutes. I, I actually turned my career around about as well in my late 20s. Uh, I was playing at a good level, but I actually went to a different level. And that was partly because I was settled in what I was doing in my life. It didn't matter what went before. And for me, giving you a bit of advice and who is, just look forward, mate. Enjoy what you're doing and enjoy your football because everything else takes mm. care of itself. Uh, don't look forward just yet because I'm going to ask you to look back to yesterday first. Um, that's part of the reason. Uh, we got you on as well, Tony. Aside from the contracts, how do you reflect on the match yesterday? Right, just just before I start, Gordon, what Alex says, right? It's you're never going to please everybody. And see if you can, see if you can look forward. See if you take all the positives. And there's been many positives in my career, just like Alex. Maybe he hit his peak after, but I bet there was a a hell of a lot of positives they look back on. Why not build on them and at the end of your career look back and say, I've had loads, but it's only the start. Like he says, it's people mature and people get better, and that's what I'm hoping for. But sorry for buttering on, but listen, the floor is yours. I'm more than happy. On you go. <laughs> but just I wanted to address that. But looking back on yesterday, I thought we gave a good account of ourselves. I thought Celtic were good for the first 35 minutes. They, you could see 
the quality they had, but I thought we showed a real character to to see what we needed to do to implement our game plan. And I thought in the, it was it was a game that we probably were back in at two one, but we just never really took our chances. And like your manager just said yesterday, we had the most chances in a game I've ever played against Celtic. I know they weren't clear cut, but there was a lot of sniffs, a lot of half chances, and it's a credit to what we've been doing, a credit to our game plans of the recent weeks, because the scoreline did flatter Celtic, no matter what anybody says, but again, they are a good team, and, and they'll, beat, they'll beat a lot more teams than us, a lot more comfortable than that. Yeah, is that that sort of reminder just and I'm sure you guys didn't need it Tony but you get into the game with all this talk about you know Celtic being in a, a bad place and all the rest of it but you, you look at what, what they can do to you if, if you make mistakes Is was that a a bit of a, a sign of that yesterday? Yeah you look at the quality they've got you look at El Yunusi for instance he just goes and starts putting tap-ins in the back of the net knows where to be and he's in the middle of the sticks and They've got a lot of good players on the bench. I think it was Edward and Cham. David Tumble, we've we seen firsthand how good he was and he can't get on yesterday. They've got a golfing class, but I do believe we believe we we believed yesterday and I think we are a team who's we're like in a workman team, like I said with the manager, he works us to the ground and I don't think it was far away for us getting a point yesterday and I think like I said Better teams will lose points to Celtic as well, and it's just it's just a case. Every time you play the old firm, you need to believe, and they they showed on the day they had individual quality that just put us to the sword. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm just thinking back to the last time you were on the show, and I'm, I'm sure people see it in social media. Tony, that's about 15 minutes you've been on here. I just wonder if that's the longest you've ever taken off the PlayStation on a Monday night. I'm actually sitting looking at it right now, I and I've not I've not been on it today. We had a day off today, and. I ended up choosing to sleep over it, which is incredible in my uh, my schedule. Usually, I'm never off it, but like I know I joke about it, but that's something we've got far too much time on our hands as footballers, and what it's something it? that just gets my time by. What's a PlayStation? Uh, don't worry, I'll explain it to you later. Listen, Tony, <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us. <laughs> no, thanks Take very much, care, for Tony. Me. Bye, Tony. Good care, guys. Appreciate that. Congrats on the new contract. Nice to hear a bit of an insight uh, from. The losing team yesterday at Fir Park as well That was Tony Watt on the lines I, I think it's a, an interesting life that he's led yeah. uh, And he spoke very well I've never lived in Bulgaria There you are, he's done something that that uh, has led to a colourful life And he seems now to have his head screwed on And looking to move his career forward in an Alec Ray type seems, fashion Seems to be a good place But I think one of the things as well is the actual personnel They have, they have about four or five strikers Options as well So we'll keep him on his toes uh, Right Plenty of time to get back to the phone So let's hear from you 01419511025 Just a quick one Something uh, That we want to try and help out with And I know lots of you Will, will perhaps be able to help out with this um, Clyde One's actually supporting The Scottish National Blood Transfusion Service With a season of blood donation sessions At football grounds um, Across the country I'm actually booked in To do one at Hamden On Thursday the 19th um, so I think you can still If you're listening And you want to help out You could book that session um, Or the next one I think is at Partick Thistle On the 9th of December uh, Giving blood I don't know if you know this It's actually classed As an essential activity So no matter what tier Of lockdown you're in Or anything like that You can do it However you do need to Make an appointment in advance If you're fit and well You're age 17 to 65 Unlucky shrug Even if you've never Given blood before It is a brilliant time to start So to find your nearest session And book in Go to scottblood.co.uk We'll get back to your calls next 
Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here. We're here until 8 o'clock, so there's loads of time to get your calls in. 0141 951 1025. Let's quickly set up tonight's teaser and then we'll get back to the lines. Mark O'Brien sent this one in tonight. Good one. Uh, he says, since 04. Ten players have scored in a Scottish Cup final And have also played in the English Premier League Nice and straightforward Since 2004 Ten players have scored in a Scottish Cup final And have also played in the English Premier League Oh, don't let your Lambert. silence I must admit No um, Pe- Petrov Yes Larson Yes um, Ferguson No Sutton Lovingkrantz mm, No, no oh, I thought Lovingkrantz was a certain there Um how many have we got there? Three? Two. Two. Um, um, oh, since 04. Since 2004, yeah. All right, I'll leave it with you. Hooper? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Right, that's three of ten. We'll leave it bubbling away. We don't Lovely. need to spend too much time on it. It's just something to keep you interested. Uh, let's bring in Paul in Annie's land. How's it going, Paul? Hi there, hi there, panel. Nice to meet you. Hi, and you, Paul, what's your point tonight? I was just going to say, I've been looking at the recent performances of Celtic, also they've not been the most convincing, but I just think 10 in a row is not going to happen anymore. By the looks of it, Rangers are just too strong, and unless we spend upwards of £20 million in January, I don't see us winning the league. Well, I think I can guarantee that upwards of £20 million won't be spent in January, uh, because Celtic have already spent multi-million pounds on players who aren't playing uh, and I don't think Dermot Desmond is of a mind to put another £20 million pounds into it in January So uh, there may be a subtle tweak or two uh, But I think by and large, Neil Lennon is going to have to go with what he's got right now, Paul Paul, some of your fellow Celtic fans, the ones who are the, the sort of opposite viewpoint to you Have been coming on for days now and saying There's too much negativity, it's all over the top We've got games in hand, we'll come good We've got the winning mentality and so on and so forth why are they wrong then? Well, I just think the way we're playing, it doesn't look like it. The players don't care. We've got our £60 million man up front, Edward, and I think we How need much? to sell him. £60 million, pounds, I think. Honestly, if you're seeing players like Luka Jovic from Frankfurt going for £60 million, Edward's easily £60 million. Pounds. Not if you've seen him recently. Yep, recent form, I'd agree, but... Overall, I do think he's about a £50, million player. No, I think we're going into the realms of fantasy now. Uh, but but what Odson Edward is worth is not the most important point here. Uh, the important point is, first of all, unless Celtic sort out the dodgy defence, you know, that there'll be bad results periodically. Uh, and how they sort it out, I'm not sure, because you, you, to go back to your point about upwards of £20 million needing to be spent, Barkas cost five million. Greg Taylor cost a couple of million. Uh, Shane Duffy is costing a few quid. Tumble. Julian Julian cost seven million pounds. I'm just confining myself to defenders. Uh, so an awful lot of money has been devoted to the defence, and they're still making the same mistakes game in game out. Paul, Paul, what whereabouts would you actually want reinforcements? What positions would be specific to this twenty million? I really want To be honest I'd bring in another Keeper A centre back And a striker Because I don't want El Yunusi at our club anymore What? You don't after want El Yunusi at the club anymore? After what he did With the phone He's made us I think you might be Winding us up Paul I think you might be A hoax caller 
I'm not, I promise you, I'm a Celtic season ticket holder of 10 years What about the hat-trick yesterday, Paul? Is that not a bit more important? No, the hat-trick was good, good, good day, <laughs> Yeah, it was good I, think, I just think, with that phone, it just shows the complete disrespect he has for this club And I don't want players like that playing for me So, uh, if Lee Griffiths comes back unfit to play football, as Neil Lennon said Does he, does he get the heave-ho as well? On a serious note, Hugh, if we can cut through some of it the notion of of spending twenty million d- d- does that raise a genuine question about how that money's been spent? Because what does twenty million guarantee you? Twenty million is Barkas plus Turnbull plus a Yeti plus Duffy plus Klamala, Julie, whatever it may be. Yeah. So just that the simple notion of of spending twenty million doesn't guarantee you anything well, by the looks of it. Point number one: they've squandered millions, uh, to my way of thinking, and also I don't think the Celtic supporters would have great faith. In who Celtic would bring in at the moment Because they've signed too many players Who don't play for the team uh, But I've got to go back to the El Yunusi point I think that's insulting to El Yunusi You know You're reading everything into one camera shot Of El Yunusi looking at his phone Now if the manager speaks to him And is satisfied by El Yunusi's explanation and Del Yunusi then goes out and scores three goals and is the most potent goal scorer Celtic have at the moment, then you have to trust and respect the manager's judgment of that particular situation and you have to trust and respect El Yunusi for what he has done for the team and may continue to do for the team. To talk about, I don't want him to play for the club anymore, I think is so far over the top, it's not funny. Just what we're talking about, arrivals and high-profile ones, Alex, what did you make of the decision... To leave Shane Duffy out yesterday Neil Lennon says he needed rested uh, For me it was no surprise Gordon um, I think one. Uh, I think it would have been done earlier If um, they had uh, enforcement, reinforcements at the back uh, Unfortunately there's a couple of injuries uh, Ayer was out and uh, Julien So for me it should have been done a couple of weeks ago He has really struggled He's toiled uh, It's not to be rested Gordon It's, it's on form uh, His form's been really poor and um, you know, uh, I think the big disappointment for Celtic yesterday is is Ayer has gone back out with a reoccurrence of that hamstring injury. So I'll ref- reflect on whether Duffy gets back in sooner or around later because if Ayer was fit, I think Duffy would be sitting in the stand for a wee while. Yeah, um, there are many problems to be sorted out in that regard. You know, do you bring Barkas back? Do you leave a five million pound goalkeeper sitting on the bench? Uh, and if you bring him back and he has not improved, then what? Shane Duffy will have to come back because there are too many injury problems. Julian is maybe a, a while away yet from playing first-team football. Ayer, we don't know how long he will be out for. Um, Shane Duffy has to come back for the game against Hibs. Uh, if there are any more defensive lapses, then what do you do? Uh, these are problems that have to be sorted out, but... To address Paul's uh, initial point, upwards of £20 million needing to be spent, there is no chance of £20 million on top of a £10 million loss in the accounts through no fault of their own at Celtic, but because of a pandemic, there's no chance of upwards of £20 million being spent in January. To be fair though You maybe would have said Something similar in the summer There's no way Celtic Would have spent the amount That they have Because there's a pandemic And there's uncertainty And all the rest of it But if you're splashed out In the summer What's to say that wouldn't happen again? Um, Because You know How much money can you Continue to splash out At a time when Your resources Are being drained Week in Week out Month in Month out 
By something over which You have no control Paul and Annie's land Thank you We'll leave it there Let's bring in Stephen Who's a Rangers fan From Ardrossan Hi Stephen How you doing Alright Alright Gordon Alright no, right, yeah, right, right, How you doing no, It's just a quick call Basically regarding Obviously yesterday's result Obviously Rangers and Hamilton uh, And obviously how Good a start this season Like Rangers have had nah, But I'm going to break it down But, but I think it's been the plus side and where I think it's hanging. See when Steven Gerrard's come into Rangers, I don't think Rangers he's massively improved this, but I think basically in the past, previous seasons, I know Celtic have won every trophy gone over the last few years, that's obviously obvious, but my point is Rangers have slipped up time and time again, basically, through no fault of their own, basically, against other teams other than Celtic. Celtic have maybe got over the line over the last couple of seasons in games. They've maybe dropped points, but they've no dropped the points, scored last minute goals. But Rangers have ended up getting out and doing damage against ourselves, whereas I think there's a mentality shift where it's basically the ball's in their foot. Now Celtic can't afford to drop these points, basically, because Rangers are losing the like, sorry games, basically, that like your Hamilton's, Kilmarnock's. So I think, when I break it down, I think that's got a lot to take to it as well. Like, Listen, it's early the season. Anything can happen. It swings and roundabouts. But I just think, basically, if Rangers keep continuing, I didn't hope so today, but as I say, anything can happen. But if they keep going the way they're going and Celtic keep getting that wee bit of nervousness about their playing that and maybe they're making the big mistakes that we've made on the previous seasons where sometimes they're playing into other teams' hands just as much as we've done in previous seasons, if you that. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, well, Stephen, to it, what you actually said there was no fault or wrong. It was their fault because they couldn't beat the Hamiltons, they couldn't beat the Kamarnocks. Uh, this, se- this, se- this season, this roles reversed. Uh, they look as if they are ruthless. They are going to places like Kamarnock where they struggled uh, over the last couple of years and they're seeing out games. That was probably the tightest game that they had. Uh, and I think Stephen Gerrard has learned from that. He has uh, he put Balligan on, changed the shape, went to a back five. And for me, that's him growing and development as a manager. So, um, that. Rangers have learned over the last couple of years there'll be so many hurdles that they have to overcome in the, the remaining games and you know I think players will be similar to what Celtic players will be injured the players who contract Covid and they have to negotiate all these hurdles as well Yeah again you know Kilmarnock a bogey ground for Rangers go there win 1-0 manage the game Hamilton it now seems like a dream that they went to Ibrox and won Last season In one of the final games Of last yeah, season Yeah that's right. Yeah uh, Yesterday They go there And It's 8-0 uh, So the, the point is well made That Rangers are doing Against the smaller clubs What they weren't doing yeah. In seasons gone by uh, And You know There are three games Against Celtic Still to come At the moment I underline At the moment Rangers appear to have the measure of Celtic and those three games you would not say uh, are in Celtic's favour at the moment. Well, obviously the 8-0 win yesterday, Brian Rice says he can take inspiration from Southampton who now sit fourth in the Premier League after losing 9-0 to Leicester last season. You can see where he's going. He says things can change quickly in football but his players need to show the fight to change it. We're both in the league for a reason so the only one way we can go is up. You've got to want to go up. You're going to want to fight. I've got to show that. I'll take the blame for everything. I'll hold my hand up. I'll take it. I've got to get better. And I've got to keep making sure they want to get better. Didn't seem to affect Southampton. 
Lost nine nothing at home uh, or nine one, nine nothing, I think it was to uh, to Leicester. Last season I should top English Premiership now. Things change quickly in football. But you've got to want to change. You know, some players out there today were doing things that they wanted to do rather than what we wanted them to do. That'll be addressed. Some people were in their shell, intimidated coming here to an empty eye box. But I'm taking nothing away for Rangers. They were clinical. Every mistake we made, they scored. And that can happen. That can happen here. We're done. We're really done. I'm done. But tomorrow's another day. The comparison with Southampton goes down in my book as the most optimistic comparison ever made. Uh, because you're just not comparing like with like. I feel for uh, Brian uh, and I feel for the Ackies because they're, they've got young players, they've got an injury problem at the moment. Uh, they were abject yesterday, just abject. And they will have to concentrate on St Mirren and Livingston, the teams immediately above them, and never mind Rangers or Celtic or Aberdeen or Hibs. Uh, they're at the coal face here and they need to keep chipping away. Uh, so, <laughs> Southampton, a good try, Brian, but not really stacking up. Yeah, listen, I felt sorry for him yesterday. It was an extremely difficult game for him to negotiate. His players were overwhelmed. Uh, and I agree with you that his uh, season won't be defined by that. And you have to pick yourself up. We, we make a joke of it on this show on a regular basis. What was the biggest defeat? That was a real sore one for him. A lot of young guys as well. And he has to kind of get results against teams in and around about him now. The pressure's going to mount on Brian. There was a wee demonstration outside the ground as well. Yeah, we callers yesterday to- as well. Could totally do without that side of things for me because it is difficult. He's got the lowest budget in the league. Um, but judge them over the, the, the teams in and around about Any more on this teaser? Ten players yes. since 04 have scored in a Scottish Cup final and have also played... In the English Premier League Gary Hooper Henrik Larsson Stylian Petrov Harry Ferguson No no. Armstrong Nope You're kidding me on uh, Anthony Stokes Um. Yes Well done Shug McGeady No uh, Stephen Davis No Key Yes Oh I've just plucked him for anywhere yeah. There you go uh, Right we'll leave it there Something really important That I want to tell you about Just ever so slightly uh, Off topic for the moment But very important Just hopefully you'll give me uh, A quick moment of your time Meet the Match Day volunteers With St Andrew's First Aid Scotland's dedicated first aid charity Right we know football's been pretty tough at the moment right? None of us can go to the games We're limited to the living rooms It's not the same Not even close to the same Is being there And uh, just one group that's perhaps been a bit overlooked in this Is Scotland's dedicated first aid charity St Andrew's First Aid Because without crowds they've been hit Pretty hard this year You'll have seen them before Volunteers at grounds Across Scotland Keeping fans safe Week in Week out Every match day So just to try and raise A bit of awareness We're taking some time To get to know more About the organisation And the amazing work they do So to kick things off We spoke to Head of Volunteer Development uh, Stuart Simpson Who got involved With the charity As a volunteer 25 years ago What brought me To St Andrew's First Aid Was at the end Of a weekend away With my partner At the time Travelling home North of Fort William, uh, I came across a road traffic accident where there was two cars and a motorcyclist involved. Uh, there were some people trapped in the car, couldn't do anything, and that gave me a bit of a thought to help people. Took a first aid certificate, and pretty much since then I've never really looked back. I think certainly for me, I still enjoy going out, being at the football with the volunteers. I enjoy all the duties. I, I, you probably find that you get a bigger buzz from some of the big duties you do. Loved teeing a park, transmit, football. I thoroughly enjoy the lot. Volunteers are one of uh, our most valuable assets. They do an absolutely amazing job, and for that, we, we are eternally grateful. 
If you'd like to find out a bit more about St Andrew's First Aid We've put some video interviews online You can hear more from the staff, volunteers And for links to make a donation Go to Clyde1.com Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh and Alex are here I don't know what Mark O'Brien's doing to us on this teaser He's looking for 10 players To score in a Scottish Cup final Since 2004 Who have played in the English Premier League You said Armstrong I said it wasn't on the list But it must be Armstrong And he scored in the 2017 final Didn't he? Absolutely uh, And he plays in the English Premier League Currently I don't know if Mark O'Brien's Missed out some sort of detail Or whether he's having his on uh, But we'll, we'll just We'll just tack, tack that on uh, You've got Anthony Stokes Gary Hooper Keysung Young Henrik Larsson Stylian Petrov Stuart Armstrong Unless he's talking about guys That are no longer in the Premier League And he's missed that bit out I don't know Alan Thompson Yes uh, Kenny Miller Yes Gavin Ray No Ooh. Only three to get Seth Hartson didn't I? Yeah that's not right Only three to get Don't worry Let's go back to the lines And bring in Robert and Wisher Hi Robert How you going on guys Oh good, good Robert good Are you Robert. well? First time caller tonight And it was actually my son Who said I had to call in earlier on When I phoned in regarding a point That um, <laughs> one of your earlier callers Had said it's no often I agree with Alec, but um, as regards to Scott Brown being the only leader in the Celtic team, I'd have to disagree there, lads, to be honest. Uh, Neil Lennon was the leader in the Celtic team, and when one leader moves on, another one takes a place. And I think Callum McGregor's ideally pitched to be that replacement, to be honest. And also, you've got Neil Beaton in the team, who's the Israeli captain, who's captain, obviously, Israeli a few times now. If you watch his attitude in the last couple of games, I think he's slotted in well. He seems to be a bit of a mentor. And then you've also got Big Duffy as well, who's a captain. So I understand the position that Scott Brown, what he's done for the club. But I think there's other people there and it's about time he needs a rest. And he's maybe brought in for certain games that are of importance. Fits back into the role. But it's not the time to be sentimental now about past captains or anything. We need somebody in there that can, that can take on the, the challenge. I just don't know what the, board, the panel think about that. It's an interesting point. And this is not about a criticism of Scott Brown necessarily uh-huh. I, just, I just mean ac- across the board Hugh, do, do we put Do we put too much focus on That type of leader I mean surely You don't have to get in people's faces And, and stare people down And again That's not meant to be a criticism of, of Scott Brown That's his leadership style Fine but Loads of teams Play perfectly good Successful football Without having a, a character like that Well to quote the two examples That have been put forward Near Beaton Near Beaton's got enough on his plate to look after his defensive responsibilities without looking after everyone else on the side. He doesn't strike me as natural leader of men. Uh, Callum McGregor, as I say, wonderful football player. Terrific for Celtic. Uh, he's heavy on the creative side of the game. Um, I, I don't see him getting around people. But, but that's my point then. Do we put too much emphasis on that? The easy example right now is Rangers because they're the ones that seem that they're, they're, they're doing everything right. You know, everything seems to be going well. Who would be the natural leaders of men in there in that mould that you speak of? Well, they're maybe at the moment they're in the fortunate position of not having to look around them. And that, that's what I mean. Do, do, is it something we just look for when things aren't going well? Well, I go back to the game at, at Perth earlier uh, where Celtic brought on four subs. Uh, and still couldn't get a goal And then Brown came on With 8 minutes to go The, the last throw of the dice An act of desperation if you like On Neil Lennon's part And he gets around And just his presence on the park Just lifted things up another notch And we know what happened Griffith scored and then Patrick Clamalla scored um, I do think that at this particular time 
uh, well, so much uncertainty about Celtic, particularly at the back. They need Brown in people's faces. The problem is, he's 35, he's had a lot of football, he's had a glorious career with Celtic, and he's not what he once was. And in what you're actually saying is you, you're having to balance off what he's actually bringing to the team as well as his leadership qualities because if one's waning, you have to weigh off if the leadership qualities is getting the, the, uh, the, the, off the rest of the players. And it's just uh, always struck me as quite a Scottish thing where uh, it's something that we Gordon, really we really still uh, look uh, for. Listen, that's one of the reasons why I said Callum McGregor earlier on. When I see Celtic over the course of the last couple of years, I see McGregor rising to four. Now, he's not a shout on the baller, but I actually see it by what he's actually doing. He's p- dragging the team forward in terms of his creativity, he's Pulling out big goals He done it against Aberdeen A couple of weeks ago as well It's that type of thing So Although he's not a Scott Brown type It's by that kind of action mm. That kind of persuades me That he is one of them Robert I, I, I would be inclined to agree In some aspects obviously Scott Brown's been a faithful Faithful player to us But No leaders are all the same You know no, you know, And business managers Are all different sort of things So they don't have to be That type of leader He can be at the side of the park Obviously and help out And, and obviously motivational I remember a comment couple of seasons ago that in the dressing room there was four main characters in the dressing room Michael Lustig Scott Brown Kieran Tierney and Neil Beaton now if you look at Neil Beaton's uh, general body persona over the last couple of games he, I, I disagree with you I think he has got the, the leader mentality there but as a team they all have to stick together Scott Brown again has been has been, has been been a, a great player but I, I think sometimes the time for sentiment, sentimentality is out the window you know, bring him in for important games, but don't rely on him as heavily. And I think possibly maybe that's why the team has a has a lull in obviously performance recently because they're relying on people too much. People have to come at the forefront. And again, you know, it lands in Scott Brown's shoulders. Shoes just proved there by saying they brings them on to to g them up a bit. They shouldn't need that. Hmm. They should, that shouldn't be the case. They're always but, at stake but, now. But ten with, in a row's at stake. But with what's going on at Celtic, I fully understand ten in a row's at stake. No one is stepping up. You know, the, otherwise, you know that. Celtic wouldn't lose as meekly as he did to Rangers. It wouldn't be three three at Petodre. But there are, there are other ways though. You, you, why is it automatic that Celtic are are losing points because they don't have leaders? How do you know that specifically? What it is there are a million ways to lose a football match. Of course, but if you reflect on the Rangers game, it was but they're not uh, just outplayed on the day rather than not having leadership well, by Rangers' own admission. They didn't even get out of second gear. They didn't have to do all that much to beat Celtic that day. But again, why is that all about a lack of leadership rather than just an inferior footballing performance? I think because people are looking out for themselves. They know that things aren't going as they would want at the moment and everyone's making sure their little bit's dry. Uh, and when you've got everyone looking out for themselves and trying not to make a mistake, then as a collective, you don't get very far. Yeah, listen, I think uh, partly the problem is is that the back, Gordon, and it's, it's highlighting things. So we then start talking about leaders and things and, and it's the culmination of... And, and Hugh's actually right in terms of people are starting to look out for each other. I think that was very evident last Thursday uh, in terms of people can... Without sounding as if we're, we're psychologists here, but the body language was terrible. The manner where they went down, that would be the most alarming thing on the back of the old firm a few weeks ago. And you're just looking for some sort of uh, kind of spark... Uh, they got it yesterday So they have to kick on for it I think the next uh, What 10 or 12 days Till they get back again Playing in, uh, domestically I think it's a really important time Because Neil's saying He has to Try and galvanise the people That are still here But the problem is That most of the, His team are away In international duty Thank you very much Robert and Wisha I know that was the first time Your son put you up to it Will we hear from you again? 
Definitely, 100% like uh, Good man, we'll, we'll do it again soon, Robert and Wisher um, I think just with a couple of minutes left, Hugh It sets us up nicely to look ahead to what oh. lies in store Over the next four days I'm starting to get nervous already, I must admit Well, do you know, we deal primarily with uh, 10 in a row And Celtic supporters and Rangers supporters And it's a grim old business, 10 in a row It means so much to people There is a sheer, unadulterated joy that would come with Scotland qualifying for a major tournament for the first time in 22 years. I was fortunate enough to be in France in 98 to to go and see Scotland play Brazil in the opening game, to have the thrill of it all. And if I had known when I left France in 1998 that I wouldn't be back again... Uh, I'd have had a better night out than the one I did have. <laughs> what what uh, a boost it would be, Hugh. Yeah. For, for everyone, Scottish football, you know, the, the SFA getting finances, we can start reinvesting it back into grassroots and everything. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Gordon. I actually think that the nerves are starting to yep. think this morning. I actually took a Ryan fo- Fraser and Grant Hanley. Yeah. The first out <laughs> the squad. To be honest with you, Fraser's a bigger loss than Hanley. Yeah. I don't even know if Hanley would have featured. I thought that he'd have Fraser would have won Without a doubt. He has been the standout player the last couple of games. He brings. Pace to the proceedings It'll be interesting to see For me it's probably Christy just off him Gordon Massive week for Scotland ahead We'll get stuck right into the build up For that Serbia game Tomorrow onwards So there's plenty to look forward to On that front Just to finish us off tonight then You've got three more on this teaser Guys that have scored In the Scottish Cup final Since 2004 And played in the English Premier League It turns out there were 11 of them According to Mark O'Brien Armstrong, Petrov, Larson, Thompson Keesung Young, Hooper, Stokes and Miller Three to go quick Now there's Dundee United player Mm-hmm Conway Nope uh, Johnny Russell Initials maybe <laughs> Still plays in our lower leagues uh, So Dundee United Hugh at I haven't got a clue I'm struggling Plays for Clyde Oh, oh it's uh, the, the, the centre forward um, Initials No don't, oh, don't, don't it's, um, it's, a, it's a boy It's the boy uh, It's his name again He scores goals every week for him the centre oh, forward Good Willie David Good Willie Right okay quick um, Played for Celtic Down south He's played for teams like uh, oh, Crystal Palace Was his recent one Oh Ledley uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Ledley, Ledley. Um, Rangers Alex He's from the uh, USA uh, Rayner uh, No Beat Bab What's his name this is horrendous Bocanegra. No Be- Demi- Beasley 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 Demarcus Beasley Yes we got there in the end Demarcus Beasley My word Thank you Hugh Kevins And Alex Ray Busy show as always Apologies if you didn't get through The phones were off the hook But we're back tomorrow At 6 o'clock Looking ahead To a huge week For Scotland Make sure you join us then Stay right there though Johnny Campbell's up next <laughs>